This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is Dr. Jill Long Thompson, board chair and CEO of the Farm Credit Administration. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the 2014 Farm Journal Forum. The 16th Annual Farm Journal Forum is set for December 10th and 11th at the Lowe's Madison Hotel in Washington, D.C. Register today at www.farmjournalforum.com. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Dr. Jill Long Thompson next. The 16th Annual Farm Journal Forum will take place in Washington, D.C. on December 10th and 11th at the Lowe's Madison Hotel. The Farm Journal Forum is one of the most highly anticipated food and agriculture policy conferences each year, attracting a diverse blend of stakeholders, including farmers, government, NGO, industry, and academia. The format of the forum includes outcome-focused discussions and high-level speakers offering insider perspectives on the most relevant policy issues impacting agriculture. A unique aspect of this year's conference is that the content reaches across the United States to thousands of farmers and ranchers throughout a robust network of media partners and broadcast platforms. To register for the forum, visit www.farmjournalforum.com. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. This week, our guest is Dr. Jill Long Thompson, board chair and CEO of the Farm Credit Administration. Amid cyclical shifts in commodity prices and unease in domestic and global economies, the portfolio of the Farm Credit Administration remains strong, with both higher loan volumes and greater percentage of acceptable loans. Thompson says the FCA board and the farm credit system have taken the proper steps to ensure a safe and sound lending system. Uh, the system itself has has taken the responsibility very seriously as a result of the meltdown in the financial sector in 2008. Uh, that was very sobering, obviously, for not just us as a country, but but globally. That was a very uh, sobering um, time. Um, but we do uh, work to ensure that the system has um, very stringent underwriting standards, and uh, we keep a very close watch on uh the, the size of the loan relative to the value of the asset that um, is being mortgaged. And that's particularly important at a time when farmland values have increased in value and, um, and, and they did, they have continued to do that this year, not at the same rate as, as some of the uh, most recent years. But um, given what happened in the farm economy in the 1980s, uh, we, we just take very seriously um, both the importance of the farm credit system in providing credit to rural America, to agriculture, and then we want to make sure that uh, it's going to be safe and sound for many years to come. Two positive turns that I noted, your loan volume increased and your percentage of acceptable loans also increased. Yes. Yes, and and I of course we would like to take credit for that here at the Farm Credit Administration, but I think it's also due to the leadership in the farm credit system that um, they they put in place very good underwriting standards. Let's look at the day and just over our shoulder. The Fed is going to allow QE three to expire. What are your thoughts about their action, and will that have any impact on the Farm Credit Administration? What the Fed is, is proposing to do, as you know, they have made the decision not to buy um, more of the, the long-term bonds, but they're not selling the bonds that they hold. They're just going to allow those bonds as they come due to, to be retired. And 
I, I think they're not going to be allowing the portfolio to actually start shrinking until um, after they start raising the, the uh, federal funds rate uh, of the short term, the, the rates that they actually control, and that's probably going to happen in 2015. So we are expecting that uh, interest rates in general will go up, uh, but we don't see that there's going to be, we don't foresee that there would be uh, a rapid increase. But I think it's important to look at the Fed's policy in the overall context of agriculture. And I think that there are a number of things that impact the ag economy um, that provide, in my judgment, for uh, a bright future for production agriculture in our country. And this quantitative, this change in quantitative easing policy is, is occurring in the context of the 2014 Farm Bill, for example. And the 2014 Farm Bill does give farmers the tools that they need um, to professionally manage their risk. Uh, This is also happening at a time when global demand for food is increasing because as diets around the world improve, uh, that increases the demand for protein and for uh, imported products that we produce here in the United States. And so I, I think that in, in um, the overall context, when you look at what the demand globally is likely to be, uh, the tools that are provided in the 2014 Farm Bill, uh, the overall strength of the economy, and, and that's probably the most significant aspect of their policy. Well, it is the most significant aspect of their policy. I think that, that um, it's going to be very manageable uh, for businesses in general and for production agriculture in particular. Looking in the long range, what would be reasonable to expect in terms of an interest rate increase, and how would that affect agriculture capital intensive for land machines and other elements of the business? Well, if I could precisely predict the impact <laughs> on uh, interest rates, um, I would probably be doing something other than public service, but um, I think that it will be manageable. So rather than try to assign a number to it, and I've heard a range of numbers and all with from the smallest to the largest, uh, it will be manageable by uh, farmers across the United States, something that they can handle. <laughs> a significant <laughs> change in agriculture policy with this 2014 Farm Bill. It seems to be coming at a time when there is a paradigm shift in terms of both crop prices and also in livestock prices. How do you see this policy serving the risk management needs of producers, and and how does that affect you? Well, uh, I come from uh, an area of row crops, so let me use that as an example. But um, the 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 uh, risk management tools that are included in the Farm Bill, for example, the agricultural risk coverage uh, uh, option or the price loss coverage option, um, will give producers the resources that they need um, to deal with uh, fluctuations in commodity prices, but then also so the uh, the provisions for livestock producers, um, for example, uh, the livestock indemnity program, which was made permanent, um, the livestock forage program also made permanent, uh, the emergency livestock assistance program. 
program that provides up to $20 million for a fiscal year to cover things that are not covered in the other disaster assistance programs. Um, these are tools that are very much uh, needed and used by uh, producers, and I think that uh, they allow for uh, stabilizing, if you will, um, the income and the revenue that um, that you have to have coming into your operation in order for it to sustain. We're going to continue to see fluctuations in commodity prices. That is as old as commodity markets themselves. Um, but uh, the farmers do now have the tools that, that can be used um, to, to manage those risks. Direct payments are gone. Is this policy better? I think that this policy is better for the future of production agriculture because uh, farming has changed to a it has, it has changed a great deal over the years and uh, the farming operations that I see today are are highly professional, professionally managed. Farmers are experts not just in uh, growing a crop or uh, raising livestock. Um, farmers are, are experts when it comes to uh, financial management, and uh, they've become experts in risk management. And what farmers have long said um, they've wanted are the tools to manage um, the risk of the operation. And, and uh Agriculture, production agriculture has a lot of risks that other businesses do not. What is produced in agriculture is important to the entire country. Uh, food security, I think, is a part of national security. With the highly professional farmers that we have in operation across the country, um, what I, I think works best are the tools to manage the risk, and the 2014 Farm Bill uh, takes care of that. We don't have as many diversified operations as we did a couple of generations ago. So if you could look at the, the crop farmer portfolio in general, how are they now, and what do you see in an outlook for them? The crop farmer portfolio is uh, portfolio is good. Loan-to-value ratios are good. Uh, farmers have accumulated capital uh, over the last number of years. Uh, not only is are those true statements, but in the farm credit system, um, the capital um, levels have improved, and um, the loan-to-value for the system as a whole is very strong and has improved. So I, I see the outlook as very bright. That doesn't mean that there won't be cyclical issues to deal with. That's part of being a business person. That's part of being involved in agriculture. Um, but we are in a very strong position in agriculture in the United States. With the concentration on crop farms, we realize that paradigm may shift. Commodity prices have already come down, uh, and I haven't seen any major reduction in input costs. So some are reasoning that the, the cash rents may change, that land values may change, that we could be seeing some fundamental shifts in the, in the, in the uh, crop side of the business? Well, I don't know that there will be fundamental shifts uh, on the crop side of the business in row crop uh, production, but if we ever reach a time when there is not uh, some volatility in um, commodity prices, uh, in volatility in general in crop production, now that would be a fundamental paradigm shift. Oh, right. uh, <laughs> farmers are very well equipped 
I think, for whatever changes are, uh, are that we're going to experience over the next several years. Livestock producers have been through uh, some certain challenges uh, from drought in portions of the country, higher feed costs for a period of time than the pork producers facing issues with PEDV. There have been a lot of issues on the livestock side. Where do you see that they've come from? And with the demand that we're seeing from consumers and apparent feed costs now, what's the outlook there? Well, I think the demand globally is going to continue to increase for livestock uh, because uh, the demand for protein is going up as countries around um, the, the globe, uh, as their uh, standards of living increase. So I think the demand is going to continue to grow, uh, but our livestock producers have been um, through some, some very difficult times. Uh, the irony of all of, of um, uh, or at least the irony of some of this is that as commodity prices have um, dropped, uh, that has uh, increased the margins for livestock producers because the cost of their feed then uh, goes down with those lower uh, crop commodity prices. But I, I think that um I, I do think that livestock production and the demand for what they produce, I think livestock production will be strong because the demand is going to grow. Um, but I also think that the Farm Bill includes uh, some programs that are, are going to make it um, much more manageable for livestock producers to deal with the risks that they face, and, and those programs include the Livestock Indemnity Program, uh, the Forage Program, and then the Emergency Livestock Assistance Program. What about the uh, age and the maturity of your portfolio, of the farmers themselves? Some would fear the cyclical swing, especially in terms of crop prices, would make it tougher for a young farmer uh, to grow or to get into farming, and might be uh, for some who have been in the business for a number of crop years an opportunity to exit stage left while they still have money in the bank. Well, I, I think that um, as older farmers retire, and my dad is uh, 89 years old and just recently claims he retired from, from farming, but he still does quite a bit of work. He's supervising, uh, I'm, I'm, he's supervising I'm guessing. <laughs> well, he supervises from a tractor, so he's, <laughs> he, does, he does pretty well. Um, but that does open up opportunities for young farmers, but also uh, the opportunity for young farmers to work with older farmers uh, to, to learn from the experience of those who have been at it for a number of years. Um, I think it's really too early um, to assess exactly how, um, how what the farm population itself is going to look like, but there will there will be opportunities for young producers, and there are opportunities in not only in row crops and livestock production, but in uh, non traditional farming, in um, uh, farm to table. Uh, farm operations, and I, I think that's going to continue. And I think these risk management tools, you know, these young farmers who are who are um, just in the, the beginning stages, so many of them have uh, the educational background from our land-grant colleges and other, other opportunities um, that they're, they're looking to run uh, sophisticated, um, well-managed financially uh, operations, and uh, the Farm Bill has the risk management tools in it um, to, to, that they can use and be successful. 
Secretary Vilsack, before the National FFA Convention in Louisville, uh, looking to the members and suggesting that there will be challenges, both in growing more food and better food and matching climate change and and so many points of challenge, uh, but that the median age of farmers, according to the last ag census, was 58, that we need this next generation to step up to the plate and to take on the challenges that are ahead. Where do you see the future of this business? Well, I see the future of agriculture. Uh, it, it lies in uh, the hands of, of the young people who are going through school today, both elementary and high school, but also through college. And that's why it is so important that um, we have a farm bill that can in a very professional way, address those issues that production agriculture has to deal with. Um, but we need to be encouraging our um, our young people to go into farming and uh, to understand the entrepreneurial rewards that can come from running a well-managed farm uh, that utilizes the tools and the resources that are available through the farm credit system, um, through the farm bill. Um, those things are, are very important. Dr. Thompson, we appreciate so much uh, your you're taking time to speak with us here on Open Mic. It is Open Mic, so now we open the mic for you and your comments. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk about something that is uh, that I feel very passionate about and that is very important to the country, and that's the future of agriculture and uh, the farm credit system. And uh, I believe that in the context of uh, the increased demand globally for quality food products in the context of the farm bill and in the context of uh, the credit uh, that the farm credit system uh, provides to uh, farmers across the country. I think that uh, the opportunities are, are um, there for young people uh, as well as for those who are already engaged in agriculture um, to uh, have a fulfilling, uh, rewarding career that at at the same time, uh, feeds our nation, feeds the world, and I think keeps us more secure as a nation. Our thanks to Dr. Jill Long Thompson, board chair and CEO of the Farm Credit Administration, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the 2014 Farm Journal Forum. The 16th Annual Farm Journal Forum is set for December 10th and 11th at the Lowe's Madison Hotel in Washington, D.C. Register today at www.farmjournalforum.com. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Alley.